everybody. It is episode number 61. Uh, and for those that know who this guy is that's sitting sitting here next to me, um, it would have been great if we would have been one episode earlier because we could have been episode number 60 for the number 60. Uh, what the heck? I know we should have like I poor planning, I guess. But uh, uh, and so everyone knows that this guy is Dan Ebert, driver of the number 60 modified. Um, whether it's a Wasoda modified, a USMTS modified. Um, you ever raced IMC8, Dan? I haven't yet. Nope, nope, not yet. Doors open though. Yep, the nope. keyword there is yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we're not talking race cars today. Well, we're not talking race drivers today. Today, he's not Dan Ebert, the guy that straps into the number 60 modified. He is shock guru. Because uh, maybe the little known fact about Dan is he probably has forgotten more about shocks and setting up a car suspension wise than than most people will ever know. And so, um, and I, I set the bar real high for everybody. <laughs> uh, and we got props, we got every, we got all sorts of cool stuff to learn about shocks. And so I think this is going to be a, a very well viewed, very well shared. Uh, just to have the basics of what Dan Ebert knows about shocks, I think a lot of people are going to like that. Uh, because my first question, and then I'm going to I'm going to let you have the floor, Dan. You're going to control the whole thing here. Is the information that you're going to give us today is that is it modified information? Is it late model information? Is it street stock mod four, or is it just shocks? Everything. Yep. So to answer your question, it's everything. Okay. And um, I guess to get started back to your introduction, uh, guru, guru is very loose term. So let's be, <laughs> let's be very honest there. Um, yeah. I am not an expert. I don't claim to be an expert. I will say that I enjoy it. I study it hard. I test a lot and I've been very fortunate to been involved and been around a lot of very smart people. So with one yeah. of your guests being Nate TC way back in the day, um, and Kirk Hibbert at Articat and Rick Strobel at Fox early on. And then later on, Pat McCauley and, um, Ronnie Crooks and a lot of very, very, very technical shock people. Yeah. So it's, you're it's, forgetting um, one name in there, buddy. What's that? You're forgetting a name, but who's that? I forget your dad's name is what was oh, his yeah. name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Russ, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it, um, I'll just be very upfront and, and forward right away that I am not an expert, don't claim to be an expert, but I would be happy to share with you and the fans and the listeners what I know about the basic generality of shocks. And you, it can scratch the surface or you can dig in deeper and study it and, and get spun out like anything else with race car stuff, whether it's suspension or setup or anything else. So yeah. it's um it's kind of as much as or as least as uh as a racer wants to get involved with it yep and that's the i would imagine like anything the more the more you know and and how to apply what you know when to apply what you know that that's where like you can know the knowledge but you if you don't know how to apply the knowledge then it, then you still don't know how to set up a race car is am i right on that yeah, for sure. Yeah. And particularly with shocks, it's it's very much what people might call black magic, or they think that it's there's this perception because 
shocks are hard and they're confusing and it's hard for people to understand what they are because it's it's very much a dynamic thing and by that meaning uh with speed it changes so it's not like uh a spring where a spring is position sensitive you know at 200 pound spring you put a given amount of load on it compress it 200 pounds per inch that's that's a linear line that's all stuff that's pretty concrete but you think about a shock and i'm probably getting ahead of myself a little bit but a shock is speed sensitive so because it has a given force at a certain speed, as you go faster, it can change linearly, digressively, progressively. So there's lots of uh, lots of factors that play into that. Helen, <laughs> <laughs> I should probably back up a little bit. So basically, this is why I'm we're having this to... show, people. This is why we're having this show is so that we can. You got to dumb that stuff way down, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the biggie, if, if anybody watching the show that I could have them take out of this is shocks are a timing device, a timing okay. device. Um, there's a lot more to that than that, but still the basics of it is when you get spun out on shock absorbers, remember that the weight will get there. When you go into the corner, Weight transfers from the rear to the front, then transfers to the right front, transfers to the right rear, yada, yada. The weight is going to get there. A shock helps with the timing of when, when it, gets it gets there. there. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Um, I guess the biggie, I guess, to start with is, you know, the years ago, um, you know, the emulsion style shock was kind of all we had, which was. They call them, a, you know, some people still call them a gas shock or a, a twin tube shock. They don't have any gas pressure per se, rod force per se. They, they have a, a, a two, two tube body where the inner piston is smaller and you got a bigger outer piston. And if it rock hits it, it's not a big deal. And, you know, for a lot of, a lot of things, that's a very good shock absorber, you know, um, slow, slippery racetracks. They really give the driver a lot of feel because, um, is a generality, whether it's sprint cars or late models or street stocks, gas pressure tends to not give the driver as good a feel because it, it acts like you've got, uh, I like to use the terminology that you're kind of riding around on stilts, that it's, it's a kind of a stiff feel and you don't get as good a feel with gas pressure. So if you look at the evolution of shock absorbers, years ago that's all there was then the monotube shock absorber came out we're checking gas pressures we're changing gas pressures and they work really 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 well on a rough racetrack and don't get me wrong i'm a gas pressure guy i think gas pressure is a good thing but as things developed further on a, a base valve nobody's ever heard of a base valve what what does that mean and to dumb down a base valve it's just a secondary piston in the shock where you can run less gas pressure to go back to our old emulsion style shocks we used to run you know <laughs> 30 years ago so it's like a it's like a vicious cycle of uh, everything old is new again yeah exactly yeah exactly so and that's so we're all of the stuff you're talking about there is just the shock the the spring around it is a whole a whole separate that's a whole separate tool on the shock correct correct yep yeah. so Think about, you know, for basics here, the, the springs suspend the vehicle. They hold the vehicle. Now, 
when you start going, I'm sure a lot of you race guys probably had street stocks and modifieds or late models in your shop and you don't have a shock hooked up and you get bouncing on the front bumper or the back bumper, you can get the whole race car to come off right. the ground because there's no damper, the there's no dampening device to slow that action. Or, you know, um, it, uh, it's, it, it just kind of goes back to a timing device, so to speak. Right, right. And so the, the key, if I'm, if I'm understanding anything that you're saying right now is, like you say, the, when you go in and you turn left, the car's going to go to the right. Like, it's just what happens. The weight is going over there, like you said, front, front right, right rear, pull out of the turn kind of a thing. What yep. you're trying to do with all four shocks on the car is get it to do it when you want it to do it so that so that all of the all of the tractions are hooked to the ground when it comes time to get out in number four and beat the guy to the checkered flag. Yep, exactly. With okay. the second part, so I've probably gone a little more extreme on on um, probably what I've been talking about mainly is platform because so much nowadays is is platform everybody's talking you know whether it's mods or late models right front's got to be down left rear's got to be up right rear's got to be down i want this attitude i want this platform and shocks help with that but the second version of shock absorbers or the second tool of shock absorbers that a lot of people sometimes lose track of including myself um, is that they still need to absorb the bumps i mean a shock absorber from 50 years ago, hundred years ago is to absorb bumps. So right. whether you, and, and maybe this is maybe the time when I pulled up my little sheet here that I kind of made is uh, whether it's compression when the shock compresses or rebound, it still has to be able to absorb and make a good ride over the bumps because if it ride is good, you're going to make more traction when things are right. bouncing or stiff or not controlled a that's not good for speed and not good for traction and also it's not good for the race car because it's you're uncontrolled so stuff. to speak yeah it to me what makes sense there is is if you're if your tire is doing this half of the time there's it's not on the ground it's only it's only making traction here it ain't making traction here and even if that's like you can barely see that and it's only yep. off the ground for a tenth of a second or a, a hundredth of a second it's not on the ground and maybe somebody else's is on the ground. It's, it's amazing. So I was, I was fortunate enough to um, go to a seven post shaker rig, um, NASCAR shaker rig about three years ago. And it was a really a great learning experience because we did a lot of shock testing on that shaker rig. And it, um, it was amazing to me because the cup guys still fight some of the same things we fight with platform sure. needing, you know, whether you're at Daytona, Talladega, wherever they need the front end sealed off. So they've got tons of rebound in them to maintain attitude, maintain platform. But when you do that, you lose your ability to Good make fun. grip. The, the most grip you can ever make is almost no shock because that tire can follow the bumps. You know, if you have a bump, that tire goes over it. When you have a lot of rebound, that tire just carries and carries and carries and carries till it hits the ground. Where if you have a shock that follows, has a quick rebound, it can get back to the ground quickly and make traction. Yeah. So it's like a lot of times the uh, the shaker guy told me he said we go to the shaker test and 
we soften everything up. We make these cars really move and they make tons of grip, tons and tons and tons of traction, tons of, I mean, pick up tons of force, right? They go to the racetrack and never been so slow because they made all this grip, but they don't, they can't maintain platform. They can't maintain attitude. Yep. So then they're letting air under the car and that, and then it's, they're, they're yep. dealing with, whereas I think a lot of the people we're talking to, the arrow isn't a big, maybe in a late model, for sure, a sprint car, um, maybe a modified a, a little bit. I think anything less, you know, B mods and supers and that like arrow isn't a, a giant factor. I wouldn't think in making grip. Am I, am I right on that? Like you have to, yes make and no. you have to make, well, <laughs> it's going to be more mechanical grip than arrow grip, right? On those. For sure. We're, yeah. the, well, we're, the racing we're dealing with, I would say, 70% is mechanical grip. We're looking right. for mechanical grip any way we can. And, um, you know, I, again, it goes back to, you probably hear me say this a lot, balance. You know, it's so much a balance. Like you, you see guys like saying, hey, I want my right front pinned to the ground. I yeah. want max rebound in that thing, no compression, tip it over. I want a super stiff left rear shock. I want all this platform attitude, right? And where in we're staging, racing on, their car is already like it, it looks like this in staging yeah exactly yeah, yeah and that's fine that's all good on a lot of racetracks that are very very uh smooth that tends to work pretty well but i haven't really seen a dirt track in my life yet that's, that's glass smooth so um I, like anything it's a balance you know you gotta you gotta work with different things and, and work your program and your driving style and your engine package and your camshaft and your chassis to that package. It works best for that racer, or that track. Right. Right. And that's where, so I, I think about this, like when you, as a fan, you see it completely differently. I'm sure as a fan, I can go to a, 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 a world of outlaw late model race and and they come out do two laps of hot you know hot laps in session one session two session three you guys do this at usmts races i'm sure the same kind of format then we come out and do you you burn a lap and qualifying and and local local dan goes out there and sets he's third quick behind in front of brandon shepherd and you're like what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. and, and then and so Brandon Shepard comes out and starts sixth in his heat race and wins by a straightaway because yep. Brandon Shepard has now had two laps on the track and they go back and they know switch this switch this move that drop this go and yep. then all of a sudden it's a whole new car and right. that's where it goes back to my statement of you can have the knowledge how do you apply the knowledge and, and shocks, obviously it's kind of the whole reason for this builders series that we're doing on after the checkers is, is there's shocks are this much of your car and then mm -hmm. tires are this much of your car and, and knowing how to set all that geometry up in all of that suspension stuff is maybe this much of your car and then right. having the right shape to your body so that the air gets to the rear wing and over the hood and under the roof and, on top of the roof and getting the white rate transfer, all of that stuff. And when you hit all of it, you win that trophy that night. Hopefully, yep. unless someone well takes you out and turn one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
And so yeah. that's where like a guy like yourself, that's a touring guy. You're, you're not coming back to that racetrack. Like you're not coming back to that racetrack for a whole year. And mm-hmm. so like you have to figure out that racetrack and look at notes and rely on somebody else. That's maybe been there that you can get a secret from to know what adjustments to make, to make that car go from 10th quick in qualifying to third quick in the heat race to fastest in the feature. Right. No, that's yeah. exactly right, Kyle. Yeah. So, um, take us through like your, I'm excited to see your visual aid. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. I asked Kyle when he asked me to be on the show, I said, well, can I, can I hold some props up? Can I have some props for things? And he thought it was a joke, but I was, I thought it was, I was a pretty joke. serious. Like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to draw a picture and say, this is a shock here, but no, this is tech. This is a chart. This is like, yeah. yeah. So I, I brought a couple things. I mean, it, this is a shock piston. There's hundreds yep. and upon thousands of different variations of things, but basically it, and it probably is a little bit, so a lot of people have probably seen it. A lot of people haven't, but it's yeah. a piece of steel or aluminum or titanium or stainless whatever, but it's uh, the hole in the center is where your shock shaft bolts onto and the holes uh, on each side are compression or rebound. And, and how it works is basically you have these um, steel discs. They come in every size, every thickness known to man. And you put that shim on top of that port, that orifice. And what happens is, is when the shock moves through the column oil that shim flexes Flexes. so as you go faster that shim flexes more and depending on how you stack things as a christmas tree or i mean there's hundreds of different variations of how you do it you create a force a force on compression meaning if you put it on this side yep or on this side rebound smaller shim sure uh there's again we're just scratching the surface here uh, I think that's probably well enough for, for most people, but Absolutely, as yeah. I said, compression and rebound, compression, rebound. So I kind of drew up a little bit of a sketch here and this is forgive beautiful. my penmanship because it's questionable at best, but this is, this is awesome. What, what we have here is a, um, Y axis, X axis yep. and compression on the top, a lot most most shock drafts, shock dynos have compression on the top. You can have them on the bottom. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of preference. But where this, what, I, what I'm trying to get across here is basically this point right here where both lines intersect. What I have here is two different shock absorbers. This is the compression. And okay. I would call that a linear, a linear build. You know, I think most racers have probably heard of linear digressive because that's the most common um, shock builds there's a ton more now obviously and you can get any variation with different things but what's important about this is right here they cross so that shock depending on what we have i think i have 200 pounds is a five valve they call that a five valve 30 years ago so what was five valve i don't know somebody said it at 10 inches per second because that's sort of the industry standard at 10 inches per second, that shock creates 200 pounds of force. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So what does that mean? That means as we go faster, it creates more force. As we go slower, it creates less force. It's a snapshot in time. If you could look at that shock shaft and see it move 10 inches per second, which is pretty fast, it created 200 pounds of force. So 
what does that mean? Why do we care? Where I'm going with this and what, when I've dealt with racers and talked to amateur people that are just getting into learning about shocks is they say, well, I have a, a five, five shock, five on rebound, five on compression. Well, is it a linear shock like we have here? Is it a digressive shock like this line here? Okay. Is it a progressive? I mean, it, it can be linear, digressive. There can be any different things. And why does that matter is because both of these shocks would be considered a 5-5 five, five shock. This one would be a digressive curve. This one would be a linear curve. Why does that matter? Because at lower speeds, there's a huge variation in force. Right. Huge variation in force, which check, which changes your handling on your race car because yes, they both five, five shocks, but one has way less force at two inches per second than the other one. Right. So what I believe, uh, for sure, Dan, the Fox guy, I've kind of changed how I classify shocks. And, you know, you look at any top echelon, get to the higher level, nobody talks numbers anymore because it's, it's, it's literally like, you know, measuring a, a racetrack with a yardstick, you know, it's just, it gives you a generality of what's going on. Not, but not hyper or hyper accurate. Right. Right. So I call out forces. Like when I say, Hey, I want 200 pounds of force at 10 inches per second. I want 500 pounds of force, you know, because a force people can uh, wrap their arms around easier than a number. The other reason why we use a force is an AFCO five, Bilstein five, a Fox five, a Penske five might be a little different, different. where if you call out an exact force, it kind of, uh, it kind of tells a story. Sure. Sure. And so where, so those are those two shocks on the same car, Dan, or is that is is one shock better for a mod four and one one's better for a B mod? Uh, it definitely depends. You know, um, linear shocks tend to make more grip just because at lower speeds they either have a lot of bleed in them, which is a whole nother conversation, a subject, but they make more grip, but they don't have as well platform and attitude because at lower speeds, which when we talk attitude and we talk platform or we talk um, posture, that's mainly a lower shock speed um, uh, force that we're dealing with. So to answer your question, it, it's all over the board. You know, a yeah. lot of guys, you know, they, they really like linear builds and that's, that's what they like. And they, and I've seen guys win on linear builds. I've seen guys win on digressive builds. It's a lot of kind of what you're used to, what tracks you race on a lot, right. what horsepower package you have a lot, you know, um, how you drive it's it. What's that? How you drive, how you drive. Yeah. yeah it's there's, um, there is really no, Hey, this is what you need. It's, right. um, it's kind of all over the board, you know, uh, for instance, depending on, Mod four, for instance, uh, super light race car, they take less valving than uh, street stock, for instance. Sure, makes sense. Because you have more weight to control. Yep, makes sense. Because that, yeah, like you say, you, it's all the, if you weigh 1,800 pounds, if you weigh 2,800 pounds, the shocks have to carry all of that. And I, that's, that is a variable in force then. Right. Yeah, perfect. Yep. 
man, like I, I, this could be a 12 part episode or 12 yeah, part series in shocks, I think. But I, yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing apart about racing in general is all of it has to all line up and all of your stars have to align to make yep. a successful night kind of a thing. And so um, I, I would think most people are like me, Dan, that don't have a clue of like, like I told you before we went live, I, the, the curly thing goes on the outside of the uppy down thing. And that that's yeah. about my shot. I know how to spell shock and uh, that's about my knowledge of it. So just the stuff that you've given us, just the little scratch the surface stuff, I think is helpful to a lot of people to at least understand maybe what's happening when they go into a corner and their, their left front is doing this and their right front is doing this. Yeah. I, as you're talking about that, something as stupid as a mud plug or a, a cover over your rim, all of a sudden becomes super important to your success. Because if you get, if you get, a half a pound, a two ounces of mud in your right rear wheel that's flipping around like this, all of a sudden, that's a whole nother force being exerted centrifugally on that thing, which is going to affect your shock. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, I, again, I, I probably, like you well said it, this could be a 20 part episode and we yeah. could dive into theory and, and, and go way deeper. But I think, to be able to scratch a surface and have people understand the basics of what's happening is what's important. And the, I guess as a, as a racer to a racer, I would spend some time studying it and, and understanding it because it's, it's not, it's not just absorbed. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, yeah, I got this shock and I like this shock and that's my right front shock and that's the way it is. And that's fine. But, I would, you know, ask your shock builder to, Hey, explain to me why, explain to me what this means. Like, what does your number system mean? You know what? I know shock stuff tends to be very secretive and guys want to keep their arms around stuff, but as a racer, it's only fair that they have an idea of what, what the forces are at what point, what's the bleed, what's the preload, what's, what's all this stuff. So they can help make better decisions on what's going on. You know, it's, I hear a lot of, well, that's just what my shock builder says and that's what I'm going to do. And, and, and that's fine. That's great. Yeah. But that's also a moving morphing target that changes all the time. So as a racer, if you can be better educated on what, what are the numbers, what is the data? What is, what, why does it work the way it does? It helps you as a racer make better decisions and, and ultimately win more win races. Yeah. Yeah. As, as you're sitting there talking about that, it makes me think of even even line selection because if 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 i if i'm carrying 100 miles an hour what 80 miles an hour 70 whatever the mile if i'm carrying that down the straightaway and i dive to the bottom of a racetrack there's different forces and different weight transfers than if i go around the top and that right. so that's where like you it's all coming together or the little yeah. bit of it's coming together for me uh, and yep. hopefully for everyone watching too, like that's, it's, it's, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, in theory, I mean, we, and myself included, I'm guilty of it as well Is in theory, if you ran Alexandria every single week, if you ran Alexandria every night and unit will go anywhere else, I, or a good shock builder or a good racer would have a package that is just specific for Alexandria because 
the package that you would run at Alexandria in theory isn't the package you run at Granite City Speedway when it's super slick and you're going right. a fourth of the speed. Right. And I, or or Fergus or any like it every track is gonna be there might be similar tracks, but it's it's the banking is different, the surface is different, the speed is there, like everything's gonna be yeah. different. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's a moving target all the time. Like I said at the beginning, it's I'm not an expert don't ever claim to be an expert but like anything with racing it's a constant moving target and knowledge is power so it's it's a deal where the more you can educate yourself and the more you can test and the more you can try things the better you're going to be because you don't need to be an expert but if you've got two shocks and you know kind of what the valving forces are boy this one really works good here and this one i don't know why it just always works better at granite city or it always works better at i-94 it's like yeah Oh, well, maybe it's because it's got more force at 10 inches or it's got less bleed or it's got more digressiveness or it's got more preload or it's got this or that. And you can help connect the dots and then help make suggestions to, you know, if you, if you're working with a shock tuner and a lot of guys do their own shocks that, you know, helps you better your program and and get to the bet, get, get better. So I'll, I'll ask this question then we're going to get to the to the toy department the fun stuff uh is is there is there someone like obviously you are someone that people can come to and now i i should have maybe asked you that ahead of time are you someone that people can come to like can people get a hold of dan ebert 60 on facebook and say teach me about shocks or build my shocks is that something that you do or yeah yeah okay so yeah it it and again it's um I'm a Fox guy, you know, I've always been a Fox guy. So I'm a Fox dealer, just kind of scratching the surface of what's, what's going on, but it's, um, don't have a ton of time, but I enjoy <laughs> doing it. And, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's a deal where I feel like I've been pretty successful, have a lot of knowledge and why not share it? Why not right. try to help and educate people? That's my biggest thing is like, I want racers to be smarter because that's what this is all about is, is being smarter and it's i can't emphasize enough that it's good for racers to dig in and learn read books there's tons of stuff on the internet about shocks and theory and it's super complicated but it's also very simple like it's it is what you want to make of it yeah once you understand the basics the complicated stuff isn't necessarily so complicated yeah yeah exactly yeah okay so thank you first off for for that uh 15 minute master class in shots. crash course uh, yeah cra- mass, yeah that's crash confusion. course yes uh and so so we always do a, a segment on the show called the rapid fire questions we have a new sponsor for it uh it's, it's uh, a graphics company called demon decals uh a buddy of mine named damon richards owns demon decals out of nebraska uh does incredible work um will literally drive from nebraska to minnesota to california to texas he installs it. He comes like thousands of miles away. He comes and puts your wrap on for you. It's awesome. Um, awesome. If you want, if you want. And so, uh, so Damon, we, we did an interview with him and uh, he jumped on and said, I want to be part of your show. And so I very, very much appreciate Damon uh, being part of the show. And so it's now the Demon Decals Rapid Fire Questions. Five questions for Dan Ebert. Um, All right, here we go. Here we go. These are, these are, this is the, this is the big stuff right here. So 
better cold food, pizza or meatloaf? Pizza. Pizza. Okay. I agree. Um, name five racetracks in 10 seconds. I-94 Speedway, Granite City Speedway, Viking Speedway, 81 Speedway, Eldora Speedway. There you go. Have you been at all five of those? Uh, yes. You raced Eldora yet? Yes, years yeah. ago. Is that the best place? Is that like... Un unbelievable. Field of dreams. Like that's where you can bury me when I go to heaven kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. I was so... It's a side story, but I was so overwhelmed when I rolled in there. I think it was like 2013 my wife and I, one helper, and I had one deck bar, no spare sheet metal, and it was on the wall, and it was a learning experience. Uh, we had motor trouble and didn't get a chance to race, but I think I qualified third out of 100 cars for the UMP wow. deal. It was, it was an unbelievable experience. I yeah. want to go back. Yeah, yeah. Well, get USMTS to go there, and, and you'll, you'll have to go back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, spell Ebert backwards. T R E B E, I think. That's right. That's right. It's harder than you think, is it? Like oh, it is. I've, I've never been asked that before. Never, never been asked to spell it backwards. Um, what is a group of geese called? Group of what? Geese. A flock. A group of geese. I should yes. know this. I like to hunt them. Uh, it's not a covey, is it? No, but that's a great answer. It is a gaggle. Gaggle. A gaggle Gag of geese. Yep. I, I come across this sheet, like this whole section is just about odd, odd trivia. It's like things are never what you think they are. Like it's yeah. Like it would have flock of geese. Oh, there's a flock of geese. They're flying in a V. Everyone would agree with you. And that's not what they're called. Fair um, enough. Okay, uh, favorite all-time cartoon. Oh, man. Favorite all-time cartoon. You're not old enough to, to be the same as me. So mine's the Jetsons or the Flintstones, but it, you're not old enough yeah. to know those. Yeah. Um, I like the, gosh, the Roadrunner, the Roadrunner guy. Yeah. I forget what that even was, but I just like the. I think meet, Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be like just Roadrunner and Coyote, maybe, because it was always yep. the Coyote trying to get the Roadrunner. Meet, meet. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it makes sense that you're the Roadrunner guy because you're fast, too. Like, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so that, it, it, that was five. It was super rapid fire in there. Um, yeah. The Demon Decals rapid fire questions. Last section of the show, Dan, and this is the Rascal Aluminum, another sponsor that I, I interviewed, and they wanted to be part of the show. So. Anybody that I'm interviewing, Fox Shocks dealer near near Brainerd, Minnesota, wants to be sponsored of the show, let me know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the Rascal Aluminum Pay It Forward question. So this is the section where my last guest gets to ask my next guest a question, and then you are going to ask my next guest a question. So um, my last guest was Chris Brettling um, uh, from Fastlane Motorsports up in uh, Ashland. The, yep. the super stock series the great guy does terrific work uh his question for you was uh what is dan ebert's plan for 2022 so it was it's a personal question yeah so the plan is right now we're cranking hard to get um cars ready to go to vado new mexico so i'm going down to the wild west shootout and then 
if things go fair and we are uh, fortunate to not get too smashed up the weekend after in Las Vegas, there's um, kind of an open sanction race that I think I'm going to go to after that and then get back. And then um, David Stremme's got a brand new chassis for me that I'm going to run out, pick up and crank on to build a new car. Nice. And then USMTS starts already in, I don't know, March or something crazy. And then plan is just to crank what through a with long US... season that is. Yeah, crank through with USMTS and with soda and USRA and just race like a like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. So uh, t- over under chances of the 60 being on top of the box in the USMTS uh, championship this year. Man, I would, I mean, that would be a dream come true. Uh, we've learned a lot um, running the whole series. We know where our weaknesses are. We know where we need to get better. I mean, I've raced a lot. Go ahead. Uh, your weakness uh, from a casual observer is pill draw. If yeah. you can figure out how to get pill draw fixed, that would help out the 60 a lot. It would, you know, um, <laughs> Agreed. There's, there's all much already too much luck with racing. So it's, it's, I don't even think about that. It's all about being prepared and just being yes, faster yeah, because if you're yeah. better prepared and you're faster, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what luck exactly. doesn't matter because you're going to yeah. prevail anyway. But we, you know, we need to just, I made a huge list and I look at it every day on what we need to do to improve. And I've raced a lot of different series and a lot of different racers. And I mean, those guys are just gnarly. They're so yeah. good and they're, so detailed and their programs are so well put together that it just, we have to up our game. We have to do a better job. And, um, you know, I push myself and push our team to, to be at that level. I been very fortunate to be around a lot of people that have been very successful to know what it takes to have a good, well orchestrated, organized team. And we're getting there, you know, we're, we're really growing a lot and I'm excited for what the future holds. Yeah, no, it is, uh, it's whenever you guys are somewhere, everybody, well, not, I don't know about everybody. I am definitely tuning in. Me and one of your best buddies are texting. Do you see what he did? Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, you're, you're well attended. Your races are whether we're there or not. So it's, it's fun to, it's fun to well, watch you guys it. be a part of that. Yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, so my next guest is a guy that you know, well, is also, uh, is Chad Weir from Weir's yeah. Machine. Um, and so what, uh, you know, make every cool trick part there is for a race car. What is, what was your question for Chad Weir? Oh, Chad, I guess probably start with thanking him for all he does for racing because he builds some of the coolest, trickest things that we've all either hand built ourselves, custom little tools or custom little things or things we've never thought of. And he actually put the rubber to the road and actually made cool things and works very well with different series and racers to come up with this cool stuff. But I guess my question would be, um, how bad is the, uh, price increases going to be in 2022 with, uh, yeah, that's supply nice. chain issues and, um, how screwed up our government and our world is right now. Cause man, it's ugly. If he knows that answer, I am wicked interested <laughs> because that's, yeah. My, my industry that where I, my real job is, uh, well, there's no place that's not affected by that. Everything is just super, super affected by the BS that is our world right now. It is crazy. And yeah. so, but no, that'll be, a, that'll be a great question. Cause he, 
as a manufacturer, like he's he's front line, like he's he's probably feeling it more than the rest of us. So right. Um, so great question, Dan. I I I forgot to set a timer, like I always do. I I right <laughs> next to the computer, right there is a clock that I'm supposed to hit when I hit start, and I always forget. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time and 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 uh, just like you said, scratching the surface just a little bit on shocks because. This whole over the winter time here, we're trying to do a builder series with, you know, the aluminum guy, the chassis guy, the the shock guy, Chad Weir, the every cool part and tool guy. Um, I, I'm desperately trying to get a tire guy on here, but they're very difficult to get a hold of. Um, and and then multiples of all of that. Like I want multiple chassis guys, multiple. Well, we'll just have the one tire guy if he if he can come on with us. Um, yeah multiple like just all of the different perspectives on how to build a car and what goes into to making a car go fast and that's the whole idea behind this show and uh i appreciate everyone watching hit the share button this the stuff that dan just explained is good even though it's this much it's probably this much more than what you know about shocks already and it certainly is for me and if you can be thinking about those things as you're out driving and maybe changing your line a little bit, or, or if you're, if you're in the pits and Dan's there, go talk to him. Or if your shot yeah. guy is there, make him make your shot guy, make you understand why, why are these the shocks that I run? Were they because they were in stock or are they the best shocks for the way I drive on the tracks that I race on kind of thing? For sure. Yeah. So Man, I appreciate it. We'll, uh, I'm sure, be in touch soon. Good luck uh, at Vado, and uh, bring home the tall trophy. We'll do the best. Thank you awesome. very much, pal. You bet. Thank you.